0: Welcome to the Whiskey Congress, honest, open talk dedicated to speaking the truth to those who are open to hearing it. Black, white, right, left, most importantly, honest, bold, and fueled by good whiskey.
1: In Whiskey Veritas, we are Whiskey Congress. Join the evolution. Whiskey Congress is back in session, our first show post-Christmas, pre-New Year's, although it'll actually come out shortly after, but uh... How was your Christmas, man? Good to see you again. It's been a while.
0: Yeah, uh, Christmas was, was good. Got to see the family and the parents and all that stuff, so it was good. Um, you know, since then I've been uh, all over Ohio, from Youngstown to Cleveland to Columbus and everywhere in between. So,
1: you know, a lot of driving the the great uh, Buckeye State, the great state of Ohio. Well, my Christmas was in Buffalo, New York, mm. um, and we'll talk we'll talk about the storm later, but. Um, I'll give you the inside details off the air, sorry everybody it won't make sense to you but I got some good ones for you man but all right, we'll get to that later Um, we got to talk about January 6th but I want to start with talking about uh, representative elect George Santos of New York Mm. so George Santos who I didn't know until today is an openly gay Republican representative elect who basically lied about absolutely everything on his resume Uh, said he went to a certain college in New York, didn't said he worked for Goldman Sachs, didn't, said he worked for Citigroup, didn't. Well, hold on, back
0: up, back up. So, he didn't graduate from college, period. Correct. So, (laughs) like, you know what I mean? Well, I mean, it's one thing to say, you know, I mean, but he didn't graduate, like, it's not only did he not graduate from the, like, he didn't go anywhere, right? Right. So, you know, and then he lied about working for Goldman Sachs, he lied about working for Citigroup, and, um... Apparently, he's not Jewish, um, although his whole thing is that he's Jew hyphen-ish, ish, kind of. Like, I'm kind of Jewish. Like, I don't understand.
1: Like I think his one Jewish, parent was Jewish, but I wasn't raised that way, so yeah, whatever. I, it's, you know, like, this guy, you know, you, you led with he's
0: openly gay with... You know, which you could ask, like, I'm not sure why that even matters, but... It, it does
1: not matter at all. Right. I We're mean, either. I guess
0: it's, it's important to know that we have, you know, different people, different, you know, whatever, backgrounds in different, or, yeah, yeah, different sure. backgrounds and positions of leadership. So I guess on the one hand, it does it, it is relevant to a degree, but, I mean, with a guy like this who's lied about so many things, I mean, this guy lied about his mother dying of 9 nine eleven related illnesses, and no one can find any information on that whatsoever and she died in 2016 right um so it's just like you know a lot of people now look there are a lot of people suffering right but uh, from illnesses related to 9-11 um you know even still today which is a big reason why you know john stewart was you know fighting and 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 trying to you know convince congress to to pass the 9-11 victims bill but you know, if, if his mom was dying of 9-11 related illnesses, then there would be some documentation of it somewhere that he or someone would be able to provide, um, which, you know, normally you would say you would leave that alone. But like, look, you've lied about everything. It seems like this is probably not true. You know, you like, if you've th- said anything that's true, you need to prove it at this right. point. Like, sorry, sure. your word means nothing. Um, even to the point where, you know, where I was going is that, listen, you can even question, is he even gay? <laughs> well, and, <laughs> and I'm not joking, no, no, right? Like, right. I mean, the guy was married. And, you know, is he? did he just say, let me check all the boxes, right? I, uh, you know, I work for Goldman Sachs. I work for Citigroup. I went to this school. I'm gay. I'm
1: Jewish. I, you know, I fought in the Ukrainian war. Like, my my, you know my grandparents mean? died in the Holocaust of something else he claimed. Oh, also right, not true, right, right, right. Which is gross on yeah. top of everything else.
0: Yeah, you know, I mean, he's also under investigation. Now, he's not under investigation for these lies. He's under investigation for money that he put into his campaign, um, which the way he did it would be illegal. Um, so, you know, he should not be seated as a congressman. I agree. Um, he will be. Just <laughs> like, he's going to be. But, I mean, the right thing to do would be to resign. But he's, you know, a Republican, and, you know, they're just at a point where... They do something wrong, they just say, nuh-uh, and then that's just it. So he's not going to resign. I think, you know, he's going to have to get – in order to remove him, you're going to need, you know, an indictment from the feds, um, you know, with with substantial proof, I think, um, to get him out of that seat. Which I think, you know, Republicans aren't saying much about it because they just – they won't, right? Like, they just – they – will act like it's not happening and then however it resolves it'll get resolved and then if he gets removed then they'll then they'll come out and say, Well, we have to remove liars and we don't want liars and blah 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 sure. you know, and they may not even say that much. You know, they'll make some sort of general statement about it, um, similar to, you know, anything revolving around Trump, right? right? I mean even now that he's out of office, you know, they're still sort of tiptoeing around him because they fear him, although they're getting a little bit bolder as he gets more and more ridiculous.
1: So yeah, I saw an interview, interview with him on Fox by Tulsi Gabbard. She actually... With George Santos, right? Yes, yeah, with George Santos yeah. uh, inter- interviewing. She was, she was filling in for my buddy Tucker Carlson. And she actually didn't let him off the hook. She actually did a fairly good job with the interview. But there's two aspects of this that I want to talk about. First, and let's stay where, where you were. He needs to be removed from this position. And if the Republicans had anything resembling integrity, they would lead the charge. Yeah, They should say, you're part of our team, and you did these things and we don't want to be associated with the things that you did. That would be the respectable thing to do. I'm not going to get on a high horse and say, Democrats wouldn't allow this. But I'm going to say, if Democrats had a guy who did this, I would be saying the exact same thing. You can't make up everything. What was it? George O'Leary, who was the football coach who mm-hmm. lost the Notre Dame? He lied about something on his resume about like being a graduate assistant or something at some school. Yeah, he lied about where he coached
0: and, okay. you know. I think he lied about. I think he lied about him his, where he graduated from, or it, if he graduated, all, yeah, something, something along like those that. lines as well. And
1: like, gone. Yeah. Done. And this is a little bit more important than the head coach of Notre Dame. This is a U.S. lawmaker. Well, <laughs> maybe big portion you know of what? the country I that take, may not. Yeah, I take that <laughs> back. Never mind. <laughs> but
0: but you know, I mean, to your point, uh, right? Like, I mean, if you can get fired from uh, a job that you didn't even start at Notre Dame because you lied on your resume, you should be able to get fired from Congress because of. You know, similar actions, worse. Yeah, right? worse. Your lies.
1: entire and resume.
0: Also, like now, he's being investigated by the feds for you know illegal uh, campaign contributions. So, you know, I think they've got the ammunition. But again, you know, you use the word integrity, and it's not really their thing. So true. You know they're they're going to wait until their hand is forced. And I think the only thing that really forces that hand to remove him from that seat uh, ultimately will be an indictment. Um,
1: from the Department of Justice. So, I, that we're on the same page there. Now, what I've not heard anyone on mainstream media say, and I've listened to a fair bit of stuff on this, is this is just another example of how Democrats can fuck up a two-car, two-car funeral. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're running against this guy. You're, you have to have an opposition research team. And I know it was a stacked deck. Can, can, we, we, can we pause? I, I have never heard that before, what? fuck up a two-car funeral. Really? Oh, I've used. I'm not. I'm surprised you haven't heard it from me ten times. I'm not hundred percent sure I understand what it means. It means that if all you got to do is line up two cars to drive, oh, okay. and you can't okay. even get, get that fucking gotcha. right. Gotcha. Um, but, okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I, I just I had nerves. Oh, I'm surprised, but okay. Yeah. I use anyway. <laughs> um, but they, you're doing opposition research on this guy. You're in New York City. He claims to have worked for Gold. I'm like I don't blame them for not looking to his college records because. If I told someone, hey, I went to WVU and I did all these things. So I got a little insight on this. Oh,
0: here we go. Uh, So this is what happened. Essentially, the Democratic candidate that Santos was running against um, did raise these issues. His campaign did. Uh, But they didn't really have the money to do much with it in terms of getting it into ads and really kind of blowing it up. The candidate that... uh, So that particular Democrat... Democratic candidate, um, wasn't expected to, to win. So the DNC did not put any money in his campaign to get more ad time, to put these uh, findings in the ad. So the candidate, and I, I'm, I apologize, I just, I don't know, it's not New York, I don't know right. who the Democratic candidate for Congress was in right. this particular, right, um, but because the, the national DNC party like basically wouldn't back him because they assumed that it was a seat that was going to go, because it was, uh you know, Long Island, I guess, is where is the...
1: Long Island a bit of Queens. Yeah, so
0: that particular area uh, was basically just sort of deemed that it was going to go to a Republican, and so Democrats did not, uh, like I said, the national Democrats, the DNC, opted not to put money in that candidate's campaign, which, you know, going back to... Like, so you you were right, but, there's, but now we have, you know, a more clear example of how they screw things up, right? Like, it, it would make sense, like, if you can get another seat, right, and this guy's got some, you know, pretty explosive stuff that he lied about on his resume, that alone may have been able to shift some things, right? Um, and so why they wouldn't fund a targeted, you know, ad space for, you know, going after him on these things, especially you know, because the the opponent found this stuff sort of late in the game, um, but it was early enough where it definitely could have made an impact, right? Like, this wasn't, like, the day before the election. This was, you know, a month or two out where, you know, you really are starting to pick up with ads and everything else, and they said, nah, you're probably going to lose, so we don't care, right? Like, it was one of those things like, oh, we got another email from so-and-so in New York, and delete. Um, you know, so the Democrats missed the opportunity to gain a seat. Um, by you know really going after him before the election, and now they're dealing with the fact that he's probably going to get seated, and if he's not indicted, then you don't really have a way to pull this guy out, and now you've got a literally a pathological liar um, in a congressional seat, uh, and uh, it, which is just insane.
1: Yeah. Well, is it? Yeah. Well, we got Matt Gates.
0: We got. Well, I mean, the thing is, like, with them, it's not. Well, yeah, you're. I mean, you're right, but it's it, it's different with them because they just throw out you know bullshit theories. Right. Like this guy is just bullshitted about everything. So, he's a house of cards. I mean, he literally. Yeah, is a, I mean, it's you know, it's all coming down, and yet he's still likely going to get rewarded for it, right? Yep. So it's you know, we we clearly have um, multiple cracks in our you know democratic republic armor um you know the number of things that trump was able to get away with uh, and that we knew and yet he was still able to get elected um you know and then the things he did while he was in the white house right and and you, know, you look at some of the stuff that came out about trump right um you know what he said about women you grab him by the pussy and um you know, like some of his like sketchy real estate deals and the taxes, which his taxes are going to get released tomorrow, by the way. All right. Um, and it's thousands of pages. It'll be interesting to see what they say. Um, I'm not sure what happens because of any of this, but um, but you just you go through all the litany of things that Trump said, that Trump did, was still able to get elected, and then once he was in the White House, some of the things that he just literally scoffed at and refused to do, and then it's just like you couldn't do anything to get this guy out of office, um, even though he was clearly unfit to be there, so you know, with George Santos being a, a congressman, um, it, it's it's basically playing out again, right? Right? Like you, you have someone's clearly unfit to be Meet there. Meet the new boss, same as the old boss. Yeah, and and yet there's you know, like again, the only thing that you can bank on is that he really screwed up this whole tax or this whole um, campaign contribution thing. And that's what gets him out and yes that's what I'm rooting for because I don't want this guy in Congress I don't care if he's a Republican or a Democrat or an independent or a space alien right like I mean if he's just a pathological liar who's just blatant about it and like look like all this stuff is is verifiable yeah right like so I mean if you're lying about stuff that's easy to fix and you don't you're not even remotely trying to cover up your lies right like I mean you go you know he goes he's admitted it, it now he, right like he's he, he, what's amazing though he admits it. But then says in the same sentence, I'm not a fraud, I'm not a fake. I'm not like somebody who like defrauds the government. Like you defrauded the American people by lying about who you were and what you were and what built you into being what you are, right? Like w- when I talk about Ron DeSantis, right? What do I say? You know, he was top of his class at Ivy League school as, in, in undergrad, right. he was top of his class in law school, uh, Ivy League school, he, you, know, he, yeah. you know, military experience, all that stuff, all that stuff is verifiable. All that stuff we know is true because you can go, you can pull the records. Right, So for this guy to lie about stuff that is easily verifiable that his opponent did discover and did try to put out there, and yet he still manages to get elected and will be seated as a congressman, um, just shows you that we have serious problems with with our system right now Agreed. that, are, but, that have been exposed.
1: But I think, yeah, but I think I, I sort of stand by my statement. I altered a little bit, not knowing what you just told me, because I thought it was like out of the blue, but... Um, this is then so my criticism. So is no your the,
0: criticism of the Democratic Party is absolutely right. on point.
1: But, but now it's the DNC and not their opposition research yes. folks. Yeah. So I mean, it's, which is it's worse because now worse. it's up top.
0: Well, yeah, but I mean, I think it goes. To, it shows that there's a bigger problem with the DNC um, because part of the issue with Santos and that seat itself is that you know from what I gather, um, essentially Democrats in New York. Um, basically made a deal with Republicans, right? Like, look, you're probably gonna win this seat, um, and we know that, so in exchange, we want X, but for that, we're not really gonna fight you for this particular seat, right? Like, So it goes to this this issue of Democrats really not being a unified party, um, because you've got the Democrats in New York that are making deals with Republicans for seats, you know, I mean, it's one thing if you're making deals about legislation, right? Sure. Like going back and forth because yeah. it's compromised And, and I say all the time that that's that's necessary. But if you know, as a party, you have this this general sort of theme or idea or umbrella or whatever you want to describe it um, that you're 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 pushing for a, a better America or whatever, then the only way you're going to do that. Like it's not enough to just have a, a Democratic president in the White House. Like you got to try to get as many congressional seats as you can. You got to try to win as many Senate seats as you can. Um, and so to give those up, right? The actual you know positions of power that that dictate you know how we you know how yeah. we spend money, what what laws are, are are on the books. You know what I mean? Like who goes, you know, like sure. Uh, all the all these different things, like. It, to give that up, right, just for backdoor deals and all that sort of stuff, just goes to show you like the issues within the Democratic Party um, and why they are, you know, like, yes, they won, right? We, we you know, you won you, you, with, with Biden in the White House. And yes, this, this last midterm election wasn't nearly as bad of a blowout as everybody thought it was going to be, but you could have made even more ground you Know, yeah, th- with this particular seat, and who knows how many other seats they lost for in, in similar fashion, right? Because the DNC was like, Well, they're probably going to win, so we're not going to put anything behind you. And maybe somewhere there was an opportunity to gain another seat had the national party gotten behind whoever the candidate was and supported him, right? And then, or, or, and then the other question is their reasoning for the national party to not support. You know the 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 state elections and the and the local elections and and different in again this is Congress, right? Um, it's just insane that that they didn't that this is where we are with them, right? And and to think that they didn't do this in New York and who knows where else, but yet you know are but then in the same vein are like clapping their hands because well we didn't lose that bad in the midterms, right? Well who knows maybe you didn't even have to lose had you been more strategic about actually winning, right? And and you and I have both been very critical of the Democratic Party over the years um, with their, you know, amazing ability to to screw things up. To whether fuck it's, up a two-car funeral? Yeah, exactly. Whether it's, you know, losing elections or just, you know, poor messaging, poor messaging uh, you know, like or just saying the wrong thing at the wrong time. So many different screw-ups. And again, sure. that just shows... The fractures in the party, and they'll say all the right things. Like the head of the DNC will come out, and he'll probably deny, or, or he won't acknowledge what happened in New York, and you know he'll say all the right things about what the Democrats want to do and how the Republicans are being obstructionists. But you know you can talk, you can sit there and complain about Republicans and the GOP and Trump and everything else and MAGA and their following, but ultimately, when you're not doing the things you need to do to push those people out. Right to keep them out, to keep them out of power.
1: You are as much of part of the problem as they are. Yeah, and I think another thing that we don't need to get into, but also continually recycling the same group of people and not bringing in new fresh faces and younger—you know—that's something they also have been horrible at. When I hear well, maybe Elizabeth Warren will run in twenty-four. I'm like no. pounding my head on the right. no, by the way, also a person who has some sketchy stuff on her oh, resume. Yeah. I mean, um, look,
0: and, and I was one of the people who were just like, Look, that was bullshit. Right? <laughs> her claiming to be a Native American and you know, I'm more Scandinavian than she is Native American, right? But you don't see me running around with a Swiss flag. Yeah. I mean I do like no. Swiss watches, so there you go, I mean I don't know. There. I do I that's do cul- love me a good cul- Swiss that, watch. That,
1: that, That's cultural appropriate appropri- I blew that one. Yep. All right. Um Speaking of liars, let's talk about J- Trump on January 6th. I know that everyone's talking about um, the potential for him being indicted, which I'm going to be curious about. He, I've seen multiple interviews with him where he, he looks like he's coming apart. Now, I'm watching segments shown to me by media outlets, you know, mostly through YouTube, but, you know, the Young Turks and David uh, Pacman and those guys, and they're trying to illustrate those moments. So I can't say that he's fallen apart, but I think he is facing legal pressures that go beyond anything he's ever thought he would face. And he's now claiming he deserves pure immunity because he was a president. And I did nothing wrong. And, um, I don't know. I, do you suspect he'll be indicted? Look, I mean,
0: he's, he's getting back into a corner, right? Um, and he has been, you know, really since January 6th. Sure. Um, you know, had he just lost gracefully, right, which is, I know, really not hard to really imagine, imagine just because yes. for the last, you know, seven years, really the last 30 years, I guess, you, you've had to deal with him, so we know that that's not going to happen, but had he just said, all right, fine, I lost, you know, he could have just literally said, I lost, you guys suck and I'm going down to Mar-a-Lago, and screw you all. Right. right? And you're
1: going to regret it. You'll, right. w- you'll, you'll regret You'll regret it.
0: I'm awesome. You'll want me back. And when I do, I'm going to come back in a blaze of glory. But until then, fuck off. Got on his plane, gone down to Mar-a-Lago, then he probably wouldn't be dealing with almost any of this. Oh, and by the way, leave all the documents in the White House. Right? If you leave the shit in the White House and you just go away, you're not dealing with this. But – I think part of it is because there was all the shit that they did that was who knows what they did behind closed doors. That's part of the reason why I'm sure they said, screw it, just take everything, because who knows what they'll find in there that's probably highly illegal. Um, And he makes this big stink uh, about, you know, election fraud and everything else. He brings it on himself. But now he's brought all this shit, all this attention to himself. He's backed into a corner. Um, you know, there's more stuff with January 6 coming out. Um, you know, you've got his taxes coming out. Uh, you know, he's going to be, you know, stuff with January 6. the department, um, the January 6 committee is referring him to, uh, are referring that the DOJ, you know, investigate for criminal activity. So, yeah, he's feeling the pressure. Now, will they? I don't know. You know, Merrick Garland is very slow and meticulous and calculated, and which is which is good. Except, like, look, clock's ticking here. You know, I mean, he's already declared that he's running for he's running for president again. Right. Um, you know, you could argue that maybe he did that to help sort of complicate matters in terms of indicting him and everything else. Which I, you know. Does I, it, I buy that. It, it, and listen, it probably does, because I could easily see Merrick Garland, right? Like, you know, we get to 2024, right? And he's still, you know, slowly going through his process. And it becomes September, October, and he's got a lot of information, but he's still not just quite ready. Well, that's problematic, right? Because if you think that this guy, that, you're, that you have enough or almost enough to indict him... And because you're just dragging your feet on all this stuff and, and going through everything twenty times and everything else, and look, you, you need to be diligent, but you have to be able to move fast because if you don't, then you may have someone that you want to indict, but then if he gets elected again, right, then then what are you gonna do? Because right. then like a guy like Merrick Garland will, oh now I gotta look and he's gonna go to the Supreme Court and he's gonna ask for all sorts of opinions and then Trump might be, you know, three years into another term before Merrick Garland finally says, all right, I've got everything I need, right? Like, so, you know, will he get indicted? I, I really, I don't know, right? right? I mean, should he? I mean, for the, the, you know, the stuff with the documents alone, I think that he should be indicted there, right? Like, I mean, we have a law that you can't do it, and he just blatantly did it, right? Like, I mean, so it's just like, you know, people are like, well, Obama did it. No, Obama didn't. No, Obama didn't, right? And it's not because I'm, a, I'm an Obama fanboy, Right, it's because he didn't. Right, right. Like all of Obama's shit is in his library. His library is controlled by the Department Uh, of uh, 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 Records, Library of Congress. Yes, Library of Congress. Right, like they control all that stuff. So there's a chain of custody, right, that everything goes through, and then it goes into his library. Like, yes, he took a lot of documents, but those documents were taken through the proper chain of custody and through the proper processes, and now they're all in a library that's maintained by the Library of Congress. They are not, right? In a in a resort country club, spread out on a floor, stuffed in closets and safes and all that other shit, right down in Florida, where who knows, like cleaning people had access to it. Whoever he had, because yeah. Trump likes to show off his office. I'm sure he's got giant pictures of himself and gold busts of himself that he likes to show people. Who knows who he had in there? You know, Saudi oil sheets, of him Russian shooting, oligarchs, shooting lasers
1: out of his eyes. Is just Whatever. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I mean, like all. Oh, I'm I'm in. You know what? As ridiculous as the statement is that you just made, considering that he's got a trading card with him shooting lasers out of his yeah. eyes, like the, the one character from The Boys, I'm sure he's got a picture of it, right? I'm sure he's got a giant picture of it because he thinks it's awesome, which if I had a something of a trading card that looked like a comic book, I'd probably have a giant one too, but, right? Like, but that's the type of guy he is. He has it he wants to show it off, so who knows who he brought through there who could have seen anything laying on the floor, Right? Maybe even grab something. Who knows? Right? And you can't say, oh, well, isn't it? Like, I don't know. Right? This dude took official White House documents and just had them strung all secret over the documents. top seat. Right? Right? And like, so anything could have happened. Right? Like, now it's all on the fucking table. Right? like, I mean, he's had all sorts of people through Mar a Lago from all over the world. Right? And who knows what they're, you know, or are these people spies? Are these people, who are they? Um, you know, what does somebody did somebody could so, it feels like someone could have easily taken something out of there, right? That has some level of significance or importance, and then you know Trump gets into a certain position, and they're like, hey, you know, if you want out of this, we can you know we can get you out of it or whatever. But you know, if not, then if you don't do what we want, then
1: I've got this, and it gets released to the media. I don't know. Right. Well, or I think we talked about this uh, several weeks back, but. Some of these documents may pertain to not U.S. nuclear secrets, but nuclear secrets for another country, and that in the hands of, let's say, Russia. If Russia knew where <clears throat> Israel's you know, nuclear arsenal was, right. that would be really dangerous. If they could do something with a nuclear weapon and not look, make it look like it came from them, and I know I'm going a little James Bond on you here, but that's the sort of thing that... Could result in, in a disastrous uh, uh, result. Um, I don't suspect he'll get uh, indicted, but I find this interesting because in the three weeks ago, had I asked you that question, you would have just said no. I think. No, no. I mean, I with the
0: uh, as it relates to the January sixth stuff. I mean, I, again, I just I don't know, right? I mean, because again, this is, and it's not because. I mean, I think there's enough that we know enough now. From January 6th that I could, I could make an argument for it, right? Sure. Moderate. I don't know if it's the strongest one. Is it enough to convince a jury to convict them? I, I don't know. And the DOJ, the DOJ likes to be really, really sure and assertive about, uh, you know, about bringing indictments uh, that they, that they believe that they can win. Um, so I think my answer even then would be I don't know because we've known about the, you know, we've known a lot about January 6th. Well before that. Right. Right. And so uh, I also think, again, too, the Mar-a-Lago thing matters because when you say, do you believe he'll be indicted, I think he can be indicted for either or both. Right? Okay. I mean, I think the Mar-a-Lago thing is there's a lot stronger possibility for an indictment. Um, you know, the January 6th thing is still, is still iffy, right? I mean, I think it's possible, but I don't know if it's realistic. One, because, again, how slow the DOJ is going to move especially under Merrick Garland and then two is there enough there to to make a strong case like because if you really don't like Trump then it, it, for you it won't take much sure. right but for if you're trying to do your job as a prosecutor being objective and you know taking you know taking the law and comparing it to the evidence that you have right because you know, at the end of the day it comes down to what you can prove, right? It's not what you want to prove or not what you the outcome that you want. it's what can I actually prove right And we, we know a lot of different things and, and you know people like to say circumstantial. I think there's just a lot of evidence but there are still holes. So the question is is there something that can fill those holes to make all the connections to say yes, we have enough to indict him and he's not going to be able to get out of it. And then you have to if you don't have that, those connectors, then do you risk it because of the political impact of
1: indicting a former U.S. president? Right. Let's 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 stay on January six for a minute though. So some of the folks that have been uh, uh, are on trial for insurrection um, are now claiming what's called the sovereign citizens defense, which basically says I'm not subject to U.S. law because I declare myself a sovereign citizen which is an awesome thing to do. And by the way, if you're going to do that, don't call yourself a fucking patriot. Don't call yourself an American. You're literally saying, I'm shitting on America. So Mm -hmm. fuck right off. But that defense is not going to work.
0: Well, no, I mean, because they're using it as a defense now after the fact, right? Right. But I promise you that all these sovereign citizens, right? Well, did you vote in this election that you were so upset about? Also, if you're a sovereign citizen, then why do you give a shit about president of the united states that's also a good point um but then it's did you vote and do you have a job so in that job are you like paying taxes you have a social security number Social security number like where do you live like all these sort of things um where it's just like uh, i don't know if you're a sovereign citizen if you've got all these benchmarks that you know we basically say this is what makes you a, a u.s citizen so i mean it's a bullshit defense um you know they, they have again this is the the bar that that trump has set you know and because he's to this point really not suffered real consequences for his you know statements actions everything else um you know people are just like well if he can do it i can do it and you know a lot of these people are finding out that they can't right <laughs> they're like one it's 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 just different it's not the same you're not playing on the same field that Trump is playing on, um, and frankly, you're doing a really bad job of it, right? Like, if you're going to claim the whole sovereign citizen thing, then you better, you know, you better be able to be, you know, show that you're a sovereign citizen, and a lot of these people can't, right? I mean, the court's going to be like, look, you do this, this, and this, that makes you an actual citizen of the United States, and because of that, you are eligible to be, you know...
1: You're responsible like, under the law, and... You're going to jail. jail. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and and I just want to, there's a story out of Maryland where a group of uh, Moroccans uh, took over a gun range and were just blazing away. And this is an area, rural area in Maryland where, where gunfire is not a rare thing. And I've actually been in that general area and it's Mm -hmm. very country. Yes, you have to as well. Very country. So gunshots are not a big deal. But anyway, this was apparently excessive. The police came in and they said, we're Moorish. We're not subject to U.S. law. Sorry, folks. So, if you, But first of all, if you're going to buy the argument from the MAGA folks, then you got to back the Moors, too. Second of all, it's a bullshit argument. Yes. And I actually, years ago, when I was driving for Lyft, I met a kid who claimed that he was not subject to paying a parking ticket because he was Moorish. I mean, look, this is my response. If I'm
0: a law enforcement officer that comes across a person who says that they are Moorish or a sovereign citizen and not subject to U.S. law. Well, in that case, you are not subject to due process, sir, so I can do whatever the fuck I want to you. And guess what? Well, with the Moors, you they, they you know the police were outgunned. But with everybody else, it's like, all right, well, I'm going to do what I want to do since I don't have to play by the rules since you're not a U.S. citizen, right? Like, you're a sovereign citizen. You don't have protections
1: under the law. Here, well, sir, well, I'm very anti Guantanamo Bay. I'm not this, might this, this, this is <laughs> I absolutely war. not. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had no issue with it, everybody was real upset. I was like, this is fine, <laughs> all right. Well, we disagree there, but in this, for these folks, get mo, <laughs> here you come. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of infighting in the Republican Party, too. Oh my god, Lauren Bobert and Marjorie <laughs> Why Taylor. Did you say it like that. Oh my god, there's so much infighting in the Republican Party. Oh my god. I don't think that was a very accurate uh, imitation, but moving... Play the tape back. <laughs> hey, people can listen. Um, seriously, though. I mean, they are, they are the push to who's going to be Speaker, and Republicans who are like, we're pro-Trump, we don't want Kevin McCarthy, because Kevin McCarthy wasn't sufficiently But well, what's interesting
0: loyal. is Marjorie Taylor Greene stuck up a little deal with Kevin McCarthy. She's yes. the biggest Trumper of all the Trumpers, and yet she is very pro-Kevin McCarthy. I don't know what that deal was. I guarantee you, though, it has something to do with the committee that she's going to sit on that she wants to be on, which is why she's I, doing I was about it. to say that. Well, so you know, she let off a tweet. St- whenever the, I, I can – if I went back on Twitter and looked at her timeline, I can almost tell you – I could probably pinpoint when, when, she, struck the deal when with- she struck the deal with Kevin McCarthy because she went on a tear about how – Great of a speaker he's going to be, and we need unity, and we need to unif- the uh, Republican Party needs to unify behind Kevin McCarthy as Speaker, and he wants to do all the things that are right, and he supported Trump, and blah 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 blah, blah completely ignoring the whole thing where Kevin McCarthy had to cons- was cons- was the main one considering the Twenty Fifth Amendment after January Sixth, but. Um, yeah, there, there's infighting about this, right, about who's going to be the speaker, who's going to, you know, have the the, the gavel and the control in the House, um, and that's an important role, right? I mean, and yeah. there, there's an argument that, listen, there, that like, we saw something similar even with, with Nancy Pelosi, right? Like, there were a lot of Democrats, um, you know, the squad, AOC, and, 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 sure. every, and all of them, they didn't want Pelosi as speaker, and, you know, they made a big stink about it. And because it's a very important role, um, you look at some of the things that Nancy Pelosi did during her time as Speaker. And again, I'm not a huge fan of Nancy Pelosi, um, but what I can say is, I mean, the woman put on a clinic um, on how to wield power. Yeah. And she that and she did a she did a pretty damn good job considering everything that was out there. Um, you know, I think she, there were a couple gaps that she could have avoided that that ended up giving the the Republicans and MAGA Ammunition, but nonetheless, like you know, utmost respect for Nancy Pelosi. Um, but as it re- relates to Kevin McCarthy, like again, this is a very important role. So that the fact that they're fighting over who's going to sit in that seat to me is is I mean, it's relevant, it's news, but I don't think it it shows that this is the thing that's going to rip the party apart, right? Where it's you know, I don't think the fighting over this because. Kevin McCarthy's probably going to win it, it sounds like, and he's going to be the speaker, and once he's there, then he's there, right? Sure. And then they'll go back to their,
1: you know, normal nonsense. You make a good point, because Pelosi is, like, essentially the ultimate uh, mainstream Democrat. Yeah. And, and the AOCs and the Ilhan Omars, you know, the squad, were, they're sick and tired of the, you know, party line business as usual Democrats and they wanted to shake things up and Nancy Pelosi represented the exact opposite of it. So you're right. Yeah, there was infighting there too. And it ultimately didn't amount to much. Um, I think you're correct. This just feels a little bit more fun because you got um, in the level of infighting with the Democrats, it was AOC saying, I want change. I want progress. I want this here. You've got Lauren Boebert and Marjorie Taylor Greene sniping at each other so maybe it's just fun from a catfight perspective, and I'm just yeah. being a douche. But <laughs> uh, but it's funny. Um, so, totally changing gears. Yet another Russian oligarch, big shot, has managed to fall through a window. Um, they're calling it Russian window cancer. <laughs> and, and I saw the list of names, and the names don't mean anything to me, they wouldn't mean anything to our audience, but... It's almost gotten to the point where, well, not almost, it's gotten to the point where if you do anything to offend or become appear disloyal to Putin, your life is on a line. That's been true for a long time, but now it's this inner circle. And it shows, to me, how fragile his hold of power is. Yeah,
0: so, uh, you know, so obviously I track this. I mean, we, for whatever reason, I'm infatuated with Russia, but not because I think it's great, but it's just such a... Uh, It's like, you know, watching a train wreck. Everything from
1: slapping contests
0: (laughs) to... Yeah, it's just a bizarre place. But, you know, uh, it's funny. So, I was in Columbus, and I was at a cigar bar. Shocking. Yep. Um, And there were these two older gentlemen. um, I would say probably... Oh, no. I know that they were in their 70s. Um, And they were talking, like, geopolitics. And I was doing my own thing, but they said something about the whole Russian-Ukraine thing, about, all oh, the U.S. should just go in there with the military and wipe them out, and it'll be over. And I had to jump in. It was just like, well, that means NATO has to get involved. And now you've got literally World War III on the European continent, and, you know, most of Europe doesn't have a stomach for that, and we don't really want to do that. Do we really want to send our people over into this sort of thing? Like, I mean, we do we really need a war? Does, no one needs a war right now. You know, the Russians in Ukraine are in one. We don't need to make it bigger. Um... But the other, you know, we kept talking and where, where, where we got to was, you know, the, the one guy said, well, I think at some point that one of the Russian generals, uh, he, he made a, it, it was a little bizarre because the point he made was that one of the Russian generals whose wives would convince him to kill Putin because too many, you know, she lost a son or she's watching too many sons die, right? And nothing okay. stronger than a mother of love. That was his argument. And I, it's kind of good, I guess, I, whatever. But I think the reality is, I think it's it's more one of these Russian oligarchs that he continues to throw off roofs and throw through windows. Um, Allegedly. I, I think that they are going to get tired of this war because it's costing them money. Um, and ultimately they will kind of, I'm assuming we'll give him an ultimatum. And then if he refuses to back off and, and pull out, then one of them will have him killed, right? Um, I, I, well, I, he's hard to kill, though. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I mean he is very Steven Seagalish, but um, I, I I get that. But I also think that listen, these Russian oligarchs have a lot of these guys have survived a while. And I think if anybody could figure it out, right, like then then they
1: could. Now I think all of this is very hard.
0: It's very speculative
1: and whatever. Are these folks ending up dead because Putin suspects this might be the guy to finally do the? Well, yeah, I mean that's that's the other thing. thing.
0: That's kind of where I was going. We could already this could already be in motion, right? But you know, Putin, like you said, he's hard to kill, Um, and you know, so I think maybe he could be trying to, you know, kind of get ahead of it a little bit. Um, so if he gets any sort of win that someone mentioned it or said something that was out of line or out of character or something like that, then he gets a little nervous and he says, easy fix, out the window you go. <laughs> um but I think you're right. His his hold on power is fragile. Um I think his ego is damaged and also fragile. And he clearly is lashing out. the, you know, the Russians unleashed another massive missile attack on Ukraine today. Um you know, so it's, it's unfortunate because I think what that means, though, is that we're not, um, not going to see an end to this thing anytime soon, right? Um, you know, people are, you know, we, even you and I talked about the winner that's coming. Well, the winner's here, and they're still fighting. Um, I don't think the Ukrainians are going to back down. I think Putin's going to continue to push through. He, uh, he clearly doesn't care how many Russians die in this. Um, and, you know, ultimately, what's his endgame? right? Like, what's what's Putin's endgame now, right? I mean, who knows what it was to begin with? I'm sure it has had to have shifted. Um, Is it really about control of Ukraine, or does he just want to see Zelensky dead, right? Um, Like, what what, what exactly? Because at that point, you know, if we don't know, like, we don't, I really don't have an idea of, uh, like, I mean, obviously, he wants the Ukrainians to surrender and sure. then th- for him to have control and maybe install his own government or just reabsorb Ukraine as part of Russia. Um, but I just, it feels like, man, like, so you're going to reabsorb this country that's been literally destroyed. There's like, <laughs> you know, are you going to rebuild it or, 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 right. or what? Um, so it's just hard to see like a re- a good reason for why he wants to continue to do this. And that's the problem. Right because whatever his reasoning is, I think is beyond like just
1: practical thinking. I think going in, he thought he could take over Ukraine in a couple of weeks, everybody, and did. he wants and he wants yeah us, I did um and he clearly wants to reestablish the the old russian empire the u s s r and it's not going well. the resilience of uh of Ukraine has been awe inspiring and and what they're going through is terrible um I want to talk about the, the storm in Buffalo because I was there and the whole time I was there, I was thinking like as, as frustrating as it was to be stuck in a house for 72 straight hours and not able to go anywhere and a driving ban and all these things, it was cold and I was sleeping in a bedroom that was roughly 50 degrees and it was miserable. But, uh, you know, I'm thinking, the same I'm thinking, shut, telling myself, shut the fuck up. Because to put yourself in the shoes of my, my shoes, I'm actually pretty lucky. Um, if we can talk about, okay. I mean, like,
0: look. <laughs> a, a storm- you, 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 No, you weren't in a situation that, you know, many Ukrainians are facing without power in a really cold place. And when are you know, in the middle of a war, you know, their Correct. whole lives ripped apart. No, that's not you. But, I mean, that's not the situation you're in. And the situation that you were in, based on your text to me, sounded awful.
1: It was awful. I'm oh, <laughs> not denying it was awful. And the personal stuff we'll talk off air. Sorry, folks, but it won't make sense to you. But uh, and she do not want to get in trouble with your mom. And I don't want to get in trouble with my mom. You're right, fine. <laughs> <laughs> bitch.
0: Um, <laughs> you're now you're going to get in trouble with your mom because you no, called no, me a bitch.
1: No, uh, no I, oh no, no, it's the c word. I can't use for my mom. No, but I think no. your mom likes me, and she, she doesn't does. want she you does. calling me a bitch, well, and she's you're going to hear about we, it. We will see. <laughs> um, but I'm going to no, tell her to tell you, about it. <laughs> um, Nancy. You know it's funny that. So my mom asked me like, "Do you have an emergency contact? So if something happened to you, would we know about it?" And I said Steve would know about it. And she was like, oh, "Okay, we're friends on Facebook." And my landlord. <laughs> you are not friends on Facebook. Yes, I am. Yes. Um, but no, the storm. The storm. Honestly, there was one storm when I was like 12 years old that, obviously, rewinding that many years, reminded me of something this bad. This is the worst storm I've ever experienced. When I you re- like you, real this was
0: worse than the storm in nineteen
1: eighteen. We're gonna take a moment for Steve to enjoy his joke. Jim's staring at me. Yeah, I'm, giving, I mean, you know, I'm just giving the the, the dead silent stare. He's giving
0: lead. me the Samuel Jackson stare of motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember asking you a
1: damn thing. Uh, no, it was it was bad. Um, I actually narrowly okay. I'm gonna tell this part of the story from. I was staying at a friend's place and I was, my aunt says, stay with us because it's going to get bad. I wanted to stay in a hotel because I like having my own space. I made it to their, to my aunt's place 30 minutes before they instituted a driving ban. Mm. So I got there. I was there to help. I was there to cook and whatever. Had I missed that window, my aunt, mom, and sister would have been stuck at the house with me outside of it and I would have looked like the asshole of the century. So yes. storm of the century, asshole of the century, I fa- thankfully made it. Was it a wonderful experience? Not exactly, but, um, but, uh... The cold cold room would have been, like, my biggest issue. Um, being stuck in a house where you could not get out for three straight days and and having everyone's neuroses exposed at the same time was challenging. Mm. When I'm around my sister, who will not listen to the show, I feel like I'm under a microscope every time I touch a drop of alcohol. Um... (laughs) I did not get drunk once during that seventy-two hour stretch. Mm. Had I been left to my own devices, I would not have been sober for a minute of that. Now, I did oh, ch- changing topics again. I did watch seven episodes of Yellowstone.
0: It's fantastic. It's right? a
1: fantastic show. So I watched like a, I couldn't get the first four seasons on um, Paramount. Yeah, it's so so weird how that it's a Paramount show, but you can't watch it on Paramount Plus. And you now got it's that, on Peacock or yeah, whatever. It's on,
0: yeah, it's it's.
1: Yeah. I don't know how that works. So I watched a hour-long YouTube summary of the first four seasons so I would know what I was getting into. And then I watched seven episodes of uh, Yellowstone. And yes, it is fantastic. Yeah. Um, I mean, you, you, you got to try to watch. I will go back and watch it. I yeah. will. But I was able to keep track of like, okay, I know this person is this, and I know, well, this person yeah. isn't around anymore. Uh, a lot of folks aren't around anymore. Yeah, they um, have
0: no issue with killing them. This this, 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 is,
1: this is like Game of Thrones, Sopranos-esque. Like, yes. no one's safe I think Kevin Costner's safe. Yeah. uh, Other than that,
0: like people just like, oh, don't you want to go to Montana after watching Yellowstone? I was like, no, because everybody dies out there. Right. 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 Like I'm, I'm not a part of the Dutton family or whoever the big ranches there in real life, so no, I'm not taking my black ass
1: out there. But you know, all right, I didn't want to. We didn't plan on going down this road, but to me, it's really interesting uh, politically in the sense that Mm. if you are from, if you are from Montana, and you're happy with. Being isolated, being doing your own thing, and now I'm finger quoting. Progress is coming. Airports and you know now the money from California, the money from New York is coming. I know plenty of people who, in that situation, would have that exact same mindset of, stay the fuck out of my. This place is not even nice. I mean, the place where I'm from, Knoxon, Ohio, is the same
0: damn way. I mean, it's uh, anti-progress.
1: Yes, but they have an airport. Right.
0: (laughs) Um, (laughs) You know, it, it, it's – the thing I do appreciate – I mean, you it, also know it's not real. I mean, we sure. you know it's not real. It's fiction, right? Um, but, you know, I, did sp- I just spent some time in New Mexico, right? Right. And I got out there, and the thing that blew me away was the view, right? I'm driving down – what is it, 75 or whatever, or 25 um, – I can't think of the main highway through that cuts through New Mexico that gets you from Albuquerque to Santa Fe. But either way, just the view of the mountain – and you know, not even being able to figure out how far it is because there's nothing. There's nothing between. There's this highway, and there's this giant strip of land that's miles and miles and miles long, and then there's this giant mountain that goes up into the clouds, and it just blew my mind about how amazing it was, right? I mean, it, it's it, it's yeah. sort of it's just something like in Ohio we don't we don't have mountains, we don't have views like that. Correct. Um, you know, we've got the Great Lakes, which in and of itself is is amazing, but. You know, it's just different. So seeing that, I could absolutely understand why you would fight to keep it, right? You would fight because you don't want high-rise hotels blocking views like that, or so that only the rich people can can see that. You 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 don't want all these people coming in and crowding, right. you know, your local restaurants that are amazing, that are fantastic. But yet, then you get all these yuppies from New York and California that've got money from Netflix and Apple and everything else that are coming in and sucking up all the resources, you know, because it's just a spot where they think it's cool and they right. vacation. Um, so I completely understand fighting it you know i mean there's actually something very very yellowstone esque going on in santa fe where you've got a person who was from there who went out to silicon valley made a lot of money came back and wants to do this big development and you know he took some pictures of himself with a shovel and a hard hat but he's got a you know tie-on tie on right. standard right the, the people there completely push back against it like no you're not one of us we don't like any of this and you know you want to build this big development; it's going to block the views. No, right? And it's it. You can see and you can feel the tension was palpable when I was in Santa Fe over that that particular deal. Now I'm there for similar real estate stuff, but my stuff is much more friendly, affordable housing people. It's great, um, but it, you could feel it, right? And I could also feel that there was also this. T- you know, you could also see the tension between the Native Americans and the white people, and there's also the Latino community, and there's there's issues there right sure. and you know as a black guy in new mexico i'm like wow this is weird no one no one even gives a shit that i'm here this is great <laughs> you know like the we native never, americans we've got our own problems right we, right the native americans the white people are pissing each other the white people and the mexicans are pissing each other it's just like oh let me just stay over here and see what happens but um it, it, i can i can understand the 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 mindset of people like the Dutton saying like, you're not going to take this from us. Right. Right. And, and you know, a guy like John Dutton, they're guys like him exist. Yeah. Right. Like guys like him sure. exist. That's, I mean, there's, you know, a lot of these farms and a lot of these ranches that they do provide a lot of sustenance for the country as a whole. Um, you know, and they're they're fighting their own battles right now with with technology and pricing and and you know China and South America and and everything else. Like, it, there's just so much um, that these guys are that these guys are up against, and I'm sure they're just like, "Look, we're trying to keep this ranch, and we're not going to let you come in and ruin everything by throwing an airport in and trying to turn this into you know some sort of vacation resort
1: land." Um, Yeah, I don't know. All right. Well, anyway, I got to watch seven episodes of it in two days. But one thing that was said uh, uh, during the blizzard, there was looting going on. And I always have my ear perked up when I hear that. Because was it looting or was it surviving? Because if I'm... You know, people broke into gas stations and grocery stores and stuff. And, like, look, the conditions were unbelievable. I had not been in a storm like that, with the possible one exception of the 1918 storm that Steve referenced earlier. Um, But... uh, you know, I'm I'm uh, empathetic to that. Like, if I've got to break down a plate glass window to feed myself, I would do that if it meant me living or dying. Having said that, the looters that they arrested, <laughs> I saw the video. They were smashing, grabbing. They were grabbing TVs. They were vandalizing. You know, the, the mayor called them the lowest of the low. And I remember a friend of mine saying, you know, when Katrina happened. Like, there was a picture of white people pushing a canoe full of food. And it was, white people are... Being, you know, surviving and black people are looting. And I do think there is that media perception sometimes, and it gets. And I was prepared to come on, talk to you, and say, you know, these are people in desperate situations surviving. So this, this was bad. Yeah. This was really fucking bad. I mean, and,
0: and so, you know, earlier we talked about, you know, Democrats, right? And they're just terrible job messaging, of messaging right? right? And so this is an area where. You know, like if people were just going in and, and going, you know, breaking windows in Best Buy and taking TV, TVs out and DVD players, or people even take those, I don't know why, but <laughs> you know, like just taking shit out of Best Buy that, that has nothing to do with surviving a, a terrible winter storm, then like yeah, you're 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 looting, you're committing a crime. That's that's bad, and and Democrats should, and if they're black, then so be it, right? Like you, sure. like, and the problem is, like, Democrats would see something like that. Right, an AOC or whoever, and would come out and just like they would try to they would try to just make the argument that you made. These people are just surviving, and we shouldn't condemn them because they're just trying to live in this terrible situation. Right, as opposed to just like look, that's not right. They shouldn't be doing that. That's absolutely ridiculous. I don't care who you are. There's no excuse for you to break into a, a electronics store and steal shit that you know right. is not rightfully yours. Just because you know no one's in a position to stop you, um, and if there were, if you had unity on sort of things like that, right? Because and and not going into well, what are the conditions that led them to the point where they were gonna they had to steal a TV? Like there's no condition where you have to steal a TV. There's just not right, right. Like I mean, the, the the time and energy you're using to to you know break into a place and and commit a felony, you can. Easily put that into something else that's more productive, right? But
1: um, like there's and just see if there were dudes just smashing stuff. Just like, yeah. I'm gonna break stuff. Like you're not even gaining anything out of it. You're just doing damage. Right. Um. Sorry. No, no, no. I mean you're right.
0: I mean I just I think you know no, no look there are issues and there are circumstances that are bad that lead people to make very bad decisions repeatedly. Sure. And after a while, like their minds sort of gets set in a groove pattern. Um. And, and that's unfortunate, but you can't get a pass for bad behavior because your circumstances are bad, right? Now, what has to happen is that we have to address the circumstances that lead people to do these sort of things, but there still needs to be accountability for those particular bad actions, right? You can't sure. sweep that under the rug, you know? So, yes, you had the storm of the century, and yes, maybe these people were in, in really shitty situations, but again, them stealing a TV... You know, even if they're stealing a TV to sell it, I'm sorry, you know, they're stealing a TV so that they can sell it, so they can get money to do this. Like, that's still wrong. Yes. Right? Like, I mean, if, you, if, if, you've, got a hungry, if you've got hungry kids at home that you need to feed or they need diapers or whatever, then you go raising Arizona and you just go steal the damn diapers. You go right. steal the food. That great, I will def- great,
1: great reference, by the right. way.
0: Right. I'll, I'll defend that all day. Right, but what I won't say, what I won't defend, is well, I'm gonna go break into Best Buy, I'm gonna steal this TV, and then I'm gonna sell the TV, and then I'm gonna take that money, and then that's what I'm gonna use to feed my kids. Because realistically, that's not what's happening. Right, right. Like it's just, it's just not. If that money isn't going to right, right, that that money isn't going to feed kids. It's not going to get diapers and everything else. Right, and and if it is, I'm sorry. Then you're 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 going about it the wrong way. Right. Again, if you're gonna, if that's the issue, then just go steal the food. Go steal the diapers. Go steal the clothes. Right. But it, you know, like I can't give you a pass because you have a shitty situation and you do a very shitty thing. Right. Like I mean, and 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 if you do do a shitty thing, and if the shitty thing is then, like I said, breaking in and steal the necessities, then we can have a conversation. Right. Then it's what can I do to help you right? Like, this is bad. I'm willing to make it go away if we can, if, if you allow us to help you to get into a better situation, right? But again, like, the looting and smashing just for the sake
1: of it because I'm angry because I'm in a bad situation, that's that's not going to fly. And some of these were in convenience stores and neighborhoods. We talk about food deserts all the time. So the people that have the, you know, uh, civic responsibility to say, I'm going to open a store and sell food in a bad neighborhood in Buffalo, and my reward for being there is for you to do this to us. Yeah, I mean that. To me, that is you're shitting on your own community. Yeah, I mean,
0: well, it, now look, it, it gets even more complicated because a lot of time the convenience stores are owned by like Middle Eastern people or Asian people, um, and the relationship there is very tense. Right, Some, yeah, like, every urban sure. setting, like you know, it's a very, very tense relationship for multiple reasons. Right? right, that again, like you can dig into those, but for the people breaking into those stores, right, and stealing, robbing the people, maybe threatening, beating people up, like that's. A, a, those, those things need to be addressed, and they need to be addressed by both Republicans and Democrats um, and called out for what it is. But again, then that's also an opportunity to talk about solutions to
1: prevent people from getting right. to that point. Right. Yeah, you know, we, we're, we're already going to go long, but um, I want to talk about two sports-related things, mm-hmm. and the ugly one first. So Philadelphia, not known for having the classiest sports fans, <laughs> um, lost to the Dallas Cowboys last week, and someone with, an like, Eagles 2 or some, tweeted, at Dak Prescott, at Dak Prescott, I'm glad your mom died. I'm glad your brother died. I hope your other brother is next. And I'm paraphrasing, but that's what he wrote. And I don't want to, you know, say anything more than, hey, Twitter, you're all about, you know, what, your terms of service or whatever. Telling a person, regardless of the fact that they're a professional athlete, that you're glad their loved ones are dead and you hope another loved one of theirs dies soon is so disgusting that that person needs to be called out, banned from Twitter, and it ain't a free speech thing. I'm not saying that person should go to jail for it. I would love to see them publicly exposed, though. I would love to see them get their face and name, hey, here's the person who posted, hey, Dak Prescott, I wish these awful things on you. I'm no Cowboys fan. I cannot believe... That someone would p- choose to put that out there, and tag a celebrity or a professional athlete, knowing it would get—if they didn't know it was going to get the exposure it did—they um, should have. And just that was one of the grossest tweets I've ever seen.
0: Um, I would argue that you have not spent enough time on
1: Twitter. Then. You know what? You're right. <laughs> You're right. You spend way more time on Twitter than I do.
0: Yeah, I, this, this I just, just hit it me. Gets... It gets really ugly, Um, you know, especially sports. Sports fans are—it's not just Philly, Um, you know. Especially they are the gold standard. They they are, but um, you know, people get especially about sports. People get really nasty. We see it a lot. Um, They have no issues with going to things like you know, dead family. They have no issues going race. They have no issues just being downright despicable. Um, And a lot of it is because they can hide. Right, because sure. they feel that there's no repercussions for their actions. Right, like, oh, I get suspended on Twitter for thirty days. Oh, well, whatever. I'll go to Twitter jail and then I'll be back, and I'm gonna keep being an asshole. Um, you know, they, like there's in, there's no real punishment for it. There's no accountability, so people have no reason to even have a filter. Right. I mean, like they, you know. I mean, in you know, these are the type of people in person where if a guy like me or, or even you. Flinch that, or you know, like just move them a little bit, right? Like they probably shit themselves, right? Like I mean, it's just the uh, yeah, it's unfortunate. It's just uh, there's so many people like that. Um, you know, people love to to, you know, what they do is, they people love to like how they feel that they can neutralize me is like they'll say really shitty things. Right, that are rude and, and everything. You you saw it when we were at the patio bar that time, and that guy like took my beer and yep, drank yep. it and talked all that shit. But the whole he was in
1: person. You gotta well, he that. was in
0: person, um, and he almost ceased to exist <laughs> as a person. But the whole point is that people what they'll do, especially with a guy like me, is they have no issue putting my pushing my buttons, and there's no fear because ultimately, they're like, well, well, you do the police, blah 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 blah, like so. You can't. There's nothing that you can do because if you do anything to me, then then you know you right. have all these consequences, right? So they have no issue, just sort of running their mouth. And now every now and again, you get a guy like me who gets a little couple drinks in him and gets a little pissed off, and
1: then you end up uh, having to run out of there. Well, I, <laughs> I, that, for, right, just to give some background, a really uh, guy being a complete asshole to Steve, and it I I restrained Steve, and I air quoted that because I literally put my hands on his chest. Pushed him back and said, Not worth it, not worth it, not worth it. It was it was like I was calling Beetlejuice. It was Yeah, I mean was...
0: I, I, I do remember in that moment that there was a brief moment where I was going and you you weren't really stopping and then and then it clicked in my head, so I slowed down, but I was already going that direction, so I figured I might as well continue to go that direction to scare him. But I had already decided not to throw him through the window. Yes. But that was my good. initial thought. I was just going to no, grab him. I
1: literally it, was going to grab him and throw him through the window. And there's a great big window to throw him through. Yeah. All right. got to wrap this up. But um, Pele passed away today. Neither yeah. of us know any... I know more about Pele from the movie Victory starring Sylvester Stallone. But it is worth mentioning. But also... Franco Harris. Franco Harris passed away. And it's just so
0: sad. Just the timing, right? Like, So, first of all, Franco Harris, great guy, right? Like, I mean, he just... You know he really embodied Pittsburgh, but he was just a really happy, joyful soul, and um, it, just like every time you saw him, every time someone talked to him, you know, a great big smile. He lit up the room. He lit up the screen when he was on it. Um, there's not a single person that has anything bad to say about Franco Harris. Just there's just not one. Um, he was just loved everywhere. You know, beloved by the entire NFL, beloved by the city of Pittsburgh, and really anyone he ever came came in contact with. I mean, people just, you know, all over social media just sharing these amazing stories of how he met them and impacted them. And, you know, all of them, you know, he, he stood there and talked to me 10, 15 minutes, right? Um, it just, it, you know, it's just, it's a hard loss. And it was, you know, the celebration of the, the Immaculate Reception, which, you know, happened before I was born in 1973. But it was still, you know, it's still like really the penultimate play in the NFL, um, and really, something that really boosted the the um, you know boosted the frequency of the NFL um, that really kind of changed a lot, right? Yeah. Um, um, just in terms of like how NFL how the NFL games were broadcast, um, just to you know watching until the last minute because of all these amazing things. Like it just it, it really is this play that is sort of the, the gold standard for amazing. Um, and it was a tough loss. And and for him to not be able to sort of take that last victory lap in the stadium. You left out the fact that they were about to. Yeah, they were going to. Well, it was, I didn't leave Sorry. it out. I just wasn't there yet. Like, you know, take that last victory lap in the stadium, you know, with the crowd there cheering him on. And then, you know, being able to finally see his number 32 retired forever. Um, the Steelers do not retire numbers often, right? I think maybe they have retired three numbers. You would know better than me. Um, but they do not do it often, and it is, it's it's just a rare thing in that organization. So for Franco, this was, this was huge, right? Yeah. And the timing was perfect. Um, you know, they were playing the Raiders. The, you know, the Steelers were playing the Raiders during the immaculate reception. You know, you have this crazy play where Jack Tatum just destroys Frenchie Fuqua. Right, like he just come, like Jack yeah. Tatum comes like a missile, right? A play that would he would get a flag for and, and thrown out of the game today. Uh, today, and the ball reflected off of Tatum, and I have to say that because there was a rule back then had it had it reflected <laughs> it off have, reflect to, Tatum. have to <laughs> deflect it off uh, Franchi Fuqua, then it would have been legal. whatever? Which you did? What you did? Uh, I've, I've watched enough replays where it it looks like it definitely came off Tatum. But let's, let's go with that. either sure. way. Um, you know, but Franco was right there, and what's funny about that? So on that actual play. It was a max protection, and Franco was supposed to block. But if you watch the play, Franco blocks no one, right? The people – like, so what happens is Franco doesn't block anybody, right? He just kind of goes out there. The guy that he probably should have blocked ends up hitting Terry Bradshaw and taking him down, and Terry just throws his pass as it's going down. And then, you know, Tatum takes out Fuqua. The ball bounces. You know, uh, 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 Franco Harris just grabs the ball by his fingertips like, like a centimeter away from the ground. Runs it into the end zone, you know, like dodges right, a tackle, right. the tackle, shakes a guy off, and then he goes in the end zone, game over, Steelers advance in the playoffs. It wasn't even a championship game, but that was their first time in the playoffs, and that was their first, you know, big win. And then all of a sudden you launch the four Super Bowl victories and the steel curtain and everything else. Um, the, funny, the funny part about that actually is from Terry Bradshaw, who, when he threw the pass, he thought it was a perfect pass. Terry Bradshaw thought he threw a perfect pass that landed in the receiver's hands, and the receiver just, you know, Frenchie <laughs> Fuqua ran and scored a touchdown, and he was just like, I'm an amazing quarterback. Like, he literally, like his words, he was like, I, I just knew I was the best quarterback. And he was talking about, thinking in his head about the endorsements he was going to get. You know, and he, never, he didn't even see the play until well after the game and doesn't realize everything that happened. So it's just kind of amazing from his vantage point what he thought happened, and then, you know, which would have been amazing. Yeah. But mm-hmm. this is that much more. Um, so, you know, it's a sad day for the city of Pittsburgh and the Steelers. Um, you know, for me, my dad NFL, was uh, a yeah. Franco, uh, Harris, and, and again, before I was born, so I never got to see him play. Um, but I'm a NFL junkie. So, you know, I mean, I've, I've, i probably seen more games from before I was born. Um, well, not the, no, since not, I've been born. No, I just no, watched yeah. a
1: lot of games. I watched a lot of football. Leave so, me alone. So, Shut up. So, so, so shit. Two, t- two things. Um, my favorite story about that I don't remember where I heard it but So Franco scores a touchdown The referees are huddled And they're huddled for several minutes The Steelers fans are pouring onto the field And I've heard a story that, And one of the referees is on the phone And I've heard it said that The referee asked the question How many security guards do we have here? <laughs> Six Touchdown <laughs> 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 I because if that's true. I, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I just love that story, and that's truthfully, right. if I'm in that situation, yep. I'm not, there's ten thousand people on this, or a thousand people on this field, whatever. I'm not going to go. Oh, by the way, that didn't count. Right. Go home. Sorry about that. Yeah. And I also have to think about today. That would have been the most awful thing ever because they would have micro analyzed that thing to the point where it would have taken them an hour and a half to go. Well, it looks like the ball might have slipped a little bit. Now I'm all for technology and replay, but. That would have been analyzed to death, and uh, yeah, I mean, as, you know, it was
0: 2018 when Jesse James for the Steelers catches a touchdown pass against the Patriots, and then after reviewing it for literally like 10 minutes, they come back and say no touchdown. He didn't uh, complete a football play. Yeah, or whatever the fuck it, was, they it said. was ridiculous. But I mean, to, to your point, yes, that's exactly what would have happened. Um, but ultimately, you probably would have just you know, like you would have had to ruling on the, the fuel stands, yeah,
1: up uh, and. Uh, I forget what I was going to say I don't know I don't know Show's over Show's over Okay We are at Whiskey Congress On Instagram and Twitter Thank you for listening We are done Happy New Year